0: Welcome to B-Plot the Podcast, the podcast where we take a look at some of the biggest movies from days gone by, eh, mostly ignore it, look at the ones that come out on the exact same day. Now, we've got a little treat for you guys here, outside of the main feed, uh, we will be releasing regularly, don't worry, but it's Oscar season, woohoo, woohoo, big it up, Oscar 2021, we decided that um, we're going to actually watch all the Oscar movies this year, something that I don't think I've done since I was 17 years old actually give a shit about the Oscars or watch any of the Oscar movies before they even start. Um, Sam, you are joining us today. How are you feeling, my dude? Are you welcome? Are you feeling good? Are you feeling happy with what we're doing with these Oscar season uh,
1: <laughs> little shorties that we've mm. been doing? Feeling good, feeling great. This, is th- this will be the first time I've watched every Best Picture nominee. First uh, time? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, not a, I'm not a big believer in, in the Oscars, I feel like, for the most part, there's a, there's a sort of paint-by-numbers way of getting to it, but I am super interested in the films this year. The two that we're starting with, there's no
0: particular order, you know, some will have one movie, some will have two, but the one that we chose this time around, Sam, The Father, uh, starring Anthony Hopkins and uh, the god Olivia Coleman, actually directed by Florian Zeller, and then on the other side, we have The Trial of the Chicago 7, uh, directed by Aaron Sorkin um, and starring like a, like a big ensemble cast. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Michael Keaton makes an appearance. Flank Langella is excellent.
1: Um, and a bunch of people. Uh, Eddie Redmayne, who I hate. So y- Yahya Abdul-Mateen, who I love, but not necessarily for this. All right. Well, let's start with the father. Let's start with mm. the father. Um, what did you think of the father, Sam? Uh, I I, I went in thinking I wouldn't like it. Uh, ended up loving it. I thought it was great. Very interestingly, I was having a conversation with somebody yesterday about how we both think uh, Anthony Hopkins is a very overrated actor. I personally, his, his most famous role has to be Silence of the Lambs. I think it's just talking quick in a posh accent. This, though, I was like, he's incredible in it. He's so good. He's so good, man. Uh,
0: uh, Anthony Hopkins plays a a man living with dementia, and his daughter, uh, played by Olivia Colman, um, she kind of has to manage him through this dementia. But that's a it's a really uh, kind of small way of of explaining it. Initially, this was a this was a play. And um, you can really tell that it was a play because a lot of the the this, the plot moves forward through dialogue mostly. Um, so there's a lot characters are most characters are mostly talking, and I I don't want to give too much away, but basically what what ends up happening is um, it's a trip through Anthony Hopkins's dementia, and just the kind of confusion and the terror that he experiences. Memories kind of fragment in and out. And it does this really good thing, Sam. I don't like. I don't know if you noticed this as well. This is one of those movies where like production design is so important. Like, what are the characters wearing? Mm. What's the color of the bag that the chicken comes in? Yeah. Because these are the little things that Anthony Hopkins has to hold on to to kind of like root himself in reality. Yeah. And what is actually happening around him? And so, as a viewer, you end up doing it. Mm. So like every time Olivia Colman has, at least I know she has this blouse on, even yeah. if it's a different, uh, yeah, altogether.
1: Yeah, so that's, a, that is a super interesting because when it started, I was like, oh, this is about, you, you, you don't really realise it's Anthony Hopkins' perspective for the first four or five minutes. Um, it could be, it could be anything. Um, and then... Once you're yeah, once you're in his head, it's like oh, it's those those blue bags from corner shops. He's got those. They've got those three blue bags everywhere. And every time you're like, it's a very English thing. Obviously, I know the writer director is is French and originally this was a French play, but there are so many just like London things in it, little London bits. Yeah, like sorry, like I said as well, I'm waffling a bit. But the the beginning, I was ready to hate it because I was like, I'm not prepared to feel bad. For Anthony Hopkins owning what is clearly seventeen flats with the walls knocked down into one single massive flat. Also, I was waiting for I was waiting the entire movie just to spot the postcode on the street sign outside, and it was like oh really? It's like right between like Notting Hill, Paddington, and Regents Park. I was like oh oh poor man losing his memory, but it's a testament to how well constructed this movie is that by the end I was like. Yeah, you know, I don't think I'd even try and steal anything from this guy's house. I think I'd just be like, "Okay, I'm sorry, man." You know, it is beautiful, and Anthony Hopkins is.
0: I think he, uh, as as far as I can see, early contender for for best actor. Um, also, you know how the Academy kind of works; they tend to reward your entire body of work. So. They might just actually give this one to Anthony Hopkins because God knows if this guy's going to be around next year. Mm. Uh, as crass as that sounds, but the Academy
1: does tend to work that way. Mm. I do think, though, if if I'm if I'm having to judge it across, I think Olivia Coleman's performance, as it always is, is the best performance in the movie.
0: It was good. I mean, it was good. She she definitely has something about her, and she's gotten to the point now where she stopped playing characters. Mm. In my opinion, she's basically. She's gotten to such a good level. Generally, there's like two types of actors. There's people who disappear into the role, and then there's people who like draw the role onto them. Yeah. She's on the stage where like I know it's Olivia Coleman, so she can't disappear in a role anymore. Yeah. But she's so good. Yeah. So, like now, now I'm like, I oh, mean, what what choices is she making? Like, what kind of why is she doing? She's at that like level of of acting mm. at this point.
1: Well, her it's every time she sort of and this is this is part of it right because Anthony hopkins it's it's his dementia he's abusive very like verbally abusive at points to her throughout the movie and the moment where it, that's the thing is the moment where it breaks her I'm like it's so sincere and we've talked about this on the podcast before right I'm super quick to cry at movies like. I'm crying at The Matrix. I'm probably going to cry when we do Demolition Man one day for something (laughs) stupid. This film, not a tear out of me. Nothing, just like dry, because it was too intense. It was too real. I was like, this is Mm. super believable. I don't know as well. I I do have a little bit of history of dementia in my family on one side, and I'm like, yeah, this also kind of... It really accurately catches what it's like for the carer, for the person living with the person. I was like, yeah, no, too
0: real. I, I, to be honest, Sam, I think most people do. I think, it's, uh, I think most people do have that um, understanding of, of an elder relative mm. um, moving towards the end of their life and then like the, the dementia taking Absolutely, over and how, yeah. and how difficult it is. Bringing it back to the Oscar contention, I think at a different year, if this gets released later in the kind of Oscar cycle, mm. I think this is, I think this could run the, the board. In terms like of all could, cats,
1: all categories. It could,
0: it could do really well. It could do really best adapted, blah, blah, blah. Just cause it's, um, it's a serious topic about a serious disease played mm. with serious actors delivered in a serious way. It came out kind of 27th of January. Um, so this is kind of 27th of Jan, 2020. So right before the world kind of just falls apart. Mm. And um, the, the last thing that we want to do is think about, you know what's <laughs> what Anthony Hopkins' Oscar bit going to be this year? Um, and I think if it comes out a little bit later, it, you know, maybe it has a chance to build a bit of momentum. I think it, it reaches the Oscars with a lot more hype. But as it stands, I don't think this will... Maybe some of the performances will. But I don't think this is, this is going to take best picture. Mm. Uh, whereas in previous years, I think it could have. And, let's, and you, we can be honest about these things as well. Um, it's not a particularly sexy choice at this point in time. The Oscars. Um, th- it's weird, man. They get, un- they, get a lot of, they get crushed under a lot of hashtags. And every year, every year, Hollywood decides who is the new minority that deserves our attention. Basically. Do you think? I do think so. Why think, Sam? Can I ask this though? Before you go on, why yeah. is it that these issues get brought up around Oscar time? Why aren't they brought up in the nine months between the hype for the big Oscar coming up?
1: I would say there are two. There are two reasons. One, the the attitude is always there. It's always there. It's just not as vocal. The or it's not as plugged into the mainstream, I would say the reason it comes up so much around Oscar season is because this is the biggest, you know, cinema awards show in the world. And it sort of comes with them getting the same, having this similar things recognised throughout history and it not really diversifying at all. And I'm not, when I say diversifying, I don't just mean like race, colour, gender, anything. There's just, there is a type of movie that just wins best picture uh, And I think, I if I'm honest, I think was it green? Did Green Book win last year? The year before. The year before. I'm like, I didn't see Green Book, uh, so I can't judge the movie. I just saw the trailer and I was like, this is a film my grandma is gonna love, and no one else in the family. I no generations actually,
0: down. I actually have the last couple of ones in front of us, if you don't mind me. Yeah, if you go don't ahead. Mind me having a look. So like from about 2015, Spotlight. They knew.
1: <laughs> thank you yeah um
0: but that year fantastic movies like the big short um mad max fury road which would have been a really brave choice mm. the revenant which I was probably the one that was supposed to win um the year that uh oh dude the shape of water that won one year what the fuck ahead of get Z- out get out of here Z-
1: yeah, see, shape, but it's what you were talking about, right? Shape of Water. This isn't even Guillermo del Toro's best movie. It's just uh, we kind of owed him one because we treated him like shit for making yeah. Blade Two and Hellboy and things like that. Yeah, that's fair.
0: But now let's look at 2018. Mm. Green Book that year, that one ahead of Black Panther, which is not wasn't the best movie that year. I don't think. Yeah, Black Klansman, which is a good movie, but ultimately flawed and spike lee can suck my dick he didn't deserve to win the one for that although it's weird that they didn't throw him a bone and just be like all right here you go and this one is for do the right thing see i
1: i think if you're gonna give guillermo one for shape of water you gotta give spike one for black clansman because that that's the only one i've seen of this year i think what else is there what's on uh
0: bohemian rhapsody
1: didn't say the
0: the favorite which is absolutely. That's the one. Yeah, yeah, Fantastic. Roma, which I haven't seen because I don't want to feel sad. Mm. A Star is Born, which we will 100% do on the podcast. um, Never seen it. It's so (laughs) much fun.
1: Uh, And Vice, which is just weird, I guess. Mm. The favourite was fucking incredible. Like, I think that's the thing though, right? Is that there's no... The Green Book is a film that you don't need to see to go, I get what it's going to be though. Yeah. But this is
0: separate to our conversation, though, of I think it's difficult because I love movies, but I kind of hate Hollywood. Um, Just because right at the beginning of the pandemic, a bunch of celebrities basically sang imagine all the people into their phones so that people, (laughs) honestly, that is their base reality. Mm. That's who they are. They think people look up to us, we have a quote unquote platform, we have to say something. They don't fucking know anything. They don't know anything. They don't have a platform. Mm-hmm. They don't know even if you have a platform, fucking Joaquin Phoenix comes on, he's like, I oh man, you gotta recycle. And you're like, fucking take you one, <laughs> take it and go. Joaquin, yeah, yeah. No one gives a fuck if you're a vegetarian. <laughs> Go you recycle. Working. You do. You, it. you have the money. I paid my money to see you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You recycle, motherfucker. And yeah. so that's why I'm very I get worked up, man. I can tell I'm getting hot. I'm sorry. Let me let me calm down. Let me calm down. <laughs> yeah, so let's go on to uh Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm. Done by uh Aaron Sorkin. And uh this is the story of a group of Vietnam. Uh, it's basically the story of the Chicago riots at the 1968 uh, Na- National Democratic Convention Yeah, where the, the Democrats elected their leader. It's a really important time in American history, a really kind of turbulent time in American history. Uh, one of those things that kind of led to the... Beyond just the years, it was kind of like the death of the free love movement in the 60s and stuff. Uh, Viet- Vietnam was becoming more important,
1: blah, blah, blah. You, you were saying? So No, sorry, dude. You called it the... I was... I was talking to my partner the other day and I was desperately trying to remember what the fuck the sexual revolution of the 60s was called. And I kept saying things like, you know, when they were all fucking each other all the time and it was cool. (laughs) And then they invented AIDS, you know that. And I couldn't, it's the free love movement. Thank, it's just, that was driving me crazy. Or
0: whatever it was. Um, Mm. And it's a very interesting film, man, because this film done by your man, your boy. Aaron Sorkin, um, mm. him of the walking and talking fast, uh, walking while talking <laughs> scene. And this is a very, this is a deeply flawed movie. And I'm kind of embarrassed for the Academy that they have nominated it. One, because I don't think this says anything about, because of all of these movies in general, and when, when the Academy nominates these movies, these movies say something about the Academy as well, right? Yeah. Which is, a, there's a reason they don't nominate Fucking Tenet or whatever the the big blockbusters of days gone. Like they don't Tenet is
1: Tenet's nominated for a bunch of things though, but not Best Picture. That's not that's where the big boys play. Mm. But let's also just talk a little bit about one of our one of our mutually favorite movies that didn't get a look in last year, which was Uncut Gems. Yeah, that's nuts, right? That's nuts. Is whether whether you enjoyed the film or not is insanity that is and and the reason was uh well obviously this is speculative but uh according to some of the people involved adam sandler went on the howard stern show and said if this picture doesn't get a look in i'm going to come back and make a movie so fucking bad you're all going to hate me twice as much which is a joke, and then the Academy. There was something about that not taking on people who don't take it seriously, and it's like, fuck you, man. That these these Safdie brothers made two bangers. You've got to give them something. Look, I can even accept that, uh, you know, in some crazy universe
0: where um, the Uncut Gems is not on as good as the movies. It's at least it's at least better than already. Than I know than Trial of the Chicago Seven. Yeah, I know that, but the fact that. Adam Sandler doesn't even get a looking for Best Actor. is fucking insane mm. to me. That performance, like, is is off the charts. Yeah, uh, how good it is. Um, but sorry, let's go back to the Trial of the Chicago Seven. Uh, so, it, uh, the movie starts after the the original riots, and these group of um, anti-war, uh, anti-Vietnam uh, protesters. Uh, mainly the main ones, I think, is Eddie Redmayne. Uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, the absolutely brilliant um, Jeremy Strong, who plays uh, Kendall Roy in Succession. I don't know if you know him. He's uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's kind of. Oh, the stoner buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he is absolutely brilliant. Fantastic mm. actor. Yeah, and it's the trial. And, and Joseph Gordon Levitt is the prosecutor, and he has to prosecute these men. And then he knows that the charges are trumped
1: up, but they have to go through with it. Anyway, Sam. What do you think? This is one of those ones where I didn't know much about this trial. I didn't know the in fact the only thing that I knew from the film was that uh, Fred Hampton was assassinated by the police that was the that was the only event that was in in my consciousness but watching it as a, like a sensible person over the age of you know 15, 16, I was like I, this is wet wet bullshit. And for sh- it, so inaccurate that it definitely misses the point. And then looking it up afterwards, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, who is the yeah the prosecution lawyer, and kind of is the avenue for the movie, right? He is is he's, he because he's largely absent for
0: for most of the runtime.
1: He's largely absent, but I think he's supposed to be the audience eye. I think he's supposed to be the guy who's in in terms of the film. He's set up to prosecute these. Uh, war protesters but he knows there's something wrong. He knows that the charges, are, that a lot of this is false, a lot of it is set up and the system is going to get gamed in a way to not allow these guys to succeed. In real life sh- uh, Schultz was uh, a suspected Nazi uh, and went super hard Was they <laughs> apparently in real life was way worse than his boss really wanted these guys uh, to go down and that's the start of it—that's the kind of start of these changes. And then, as you go through and read the changes, I'm like, I think, I think the, the trial of Chicago Seven borderlines on like disrespectful to the events and these people.
0: See, I would disagree with you, Sam. I don't mm. think, I don't think your the, the kind of audience avatar and intro for you is supposed to be Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think it's supposed to be Eddie Redmayne's character. Eddie Redmayne plays. Mm. Uh, let me. Just to figure out exactly who he plays. Yeah, so Eddie Redmayne plays Tom Hayden, um, uh, one time president of the Students for a Democratic Society. And he, and there's, while we're watching this movie, there's kind of two opposites presented to you. One is Eddie Redmayne's character, um, who is uh, Tom Hayden. And on the other side, you have uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's character, who's Abby Hoffman, this kind of like loosey goose, freewheeling. Basically, uh, Abby Hoffman, I was like, this is Sam. (laughs) in the the, the 60s. What's interesting to me about it is they present kind of two poles of liberalism, right? Of progressive politics. The one is Tom Hayden is the kind of like, well, you need to change the system within the system and, you know, vote and democracy and this is how we get out and how we do it. And Abby Hoffman is basically this guy who's like, the system is fucked. These people want to kill us. Power... doesn't ma- it doesn't matter because there's no way to get real power because of how we look and who we are as people. So the only way to overthrow the system is to overthrow it. You can't work within it. And I think you're supposed to come to it as, um, as Tom Hayden because I think who, that's who the audience is for, is highly educated, uh, professional, liberal people who want the world to be a better place but don't want to make any of the sacrifices that need the world to be A better place, and so I think him—he is like your avatar, and him kind of going against the judge's authority towards the end is supposed to be like this triumphant moment where you're like, "Ah, he uh, does have a revolutionary spirit after all." When the truth is, he doesn't. Also, the problem with Aaron Sorkin is I think he—he directed this movie, and that's an issue for me because he's a—he's a decent writer. great writer like occasionally like he hits it out the park you know a few good men's great Uh, social network is him as well um he can hit it out the park the problem is i think with the direction of this movie it's very um it's very stodgy um the courtroom scenes feel very sterile and then when he breaks over into violence of the when they when you get actually the scene of the the actual riot the inciting incident like, for God's sake, man. And I'm not I also looked this up. There's no proof that this ever happened. But there's a scene where there's these frat boys and they were about to sexually assault one of the protesters. And just the 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 verbiage to me is just like, what the fuck do you think people t- also they're gonna in the middle of this riot throw this woman on the floor and rape her on top of the American flag? And I'm like Whilst dude, getting tear gassed. This is heavy handed. This yeah. is heavy, heavy-handed, my dude.
1: Mm. Well, this is, and look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spoil the movie here, but it's, it's history as well, so you can't really spoil it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, it's rewritten history, but the, it, this is in, in essence, what like drove me crazy about the film was, uh, it's, it's, it's an adult film. It's not supposed to be, uh, it's not supposed to be a Marvel movie. Right, it's supposed to be. Hey, this is for adults who want like historical fiction courtroom drama. Do we still need the scene at the end where the the, the defendants like protest the judge and the, the the everyone in the fucking trial starts applauding and the judge bangs the gavel, go silence in my court as like string music plays. I'm like this tonally is for children. This is like this. This scene belongs in my cousin Vinny. It doesn't no, Don't you dare. Don't you dare. I love don't My you... Cousin Vinny, but it literally happens in My Cousin Vinny, which is a comedy movie. <laughs> um I think this
0: movie, yeah, I think Aaron Sork, I don't know exactly why the Academy awarded this because like I said, it doesn't work on one level in that it's not like a cinematic masterpiece. Maybe it's like a kind of I'm sure that Netflix released some other things that are award worthy. Yeah. I, I don't know off the top of my head, but I'm sure they did. Mm -hmm. Um, and again politics wise it doesn't really fit because it's a really this is as close to science fiction to me because what i think aaron sorkin wants is he wants the scenario where all right you you're a little bit to the right i'm a little bit to the left we talk at each other and we come to an understanding Mm. eloquently but we all fundamentally the people within the system are good people yeah and i think also because movies of the past are trying to kind of you know when you make a movie set in the past, you're basically reflecting today, right? That's the, the idea. Uh, what I think he's trying to say is that, like, I wish it, we could go back to that, where mm. people could eloquently give across their opinions. Mm-hmm. And at the end, the prosecutor would stand and respect the dead. When, when the truth is, is that that's, we're so far past that. It's, it's also never stand- happened. Well, even if it did, that's,
1: you know, how long ago was that? Like 50 years 60 years mm. ago but let's also bear in mind it's okay we also we have to talk about uh the black panthers and yaya's character bobby seal um who is the head of the black panthers who is the eighth defendant on trial who is like you know denied his rights throughout the whole movie but there is that scene at the midway point where he keeps protesting. He keeps saying that he wants to defend himself. The judge is clearly racist and being like, no, 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 no. And they gag him. Um, and then uh, I, they get it. The, the prosecution declares it a mistrial. The, uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character declares, says, we want to give him a mistrial, like get him off. Which obviously never happened. This guy was for sure a raging Nazi who wanted to kill him. And Bobby Seale, in reality, was bound and gagged in the court for four days with nobody standing up for him. Exactly. So, exactly. And this is the thing, is that like I think what Aaron Sorkin's idea of let's get back to this more uh, eloquent way of arguing and having discourse with each other is real bullshit. And I think the film ends up being more regressive than the views it's trying to combat in terms of if you are slightly to the left, stop pulling the left back. It's also like <laughs> I know, I know the original uh, draft of this film or the treatment was two thousand and six, right? So, uh, so Spielberg goes to Aaron Sorkin. I want to make this movie about. Um, the Trial of the Chicago 7 can you write it? Sorkin doesn't know anything about it and in 2006 I'm sure he's thinking ah we could do the we could do the racism stuff for you know a couple minutes of a, like a two something hour movie I, man look these, these two movies have been very interesting
0: very different ones I don't think Trial of the Chicago 7 is going to get anywhere near anything I'd be shocked Yeah, I'd be shocked if it does The Father I, I can see i can see because this is something that i think i haven't seen all the other movies but uh i i do feel there's something special in that um Mm -hmm. yeah if only in the performances but hey man yeah let's stop there um we will be constantly we're gonna keep updating guys we'll um this will drop whenever it drops and then um we're also still going to be releasing the regular movies for you um all the way through baby all the <laughs> um, maybe we can do something special on Oscar day mm. um, like on Twitch or something I don't know try something special <laughs> I don't know I have no idea how that even works my dude but um, yeah. yeah keep tuning in keep tuning in let us know what you think about um, the Oscar movies uh, let us know what you think about these two movies uh, on our Instagrams uh, Lincoln on the mic and uh, also Sam Joe Golden. Hmm. Sam what are you trying to say?
1: what am I trying to say? Yeah, nothing. You went like, you went like this. Oh, I, (laughs) (laughs) I I think, I think my legs are spasming and it's just going all the way through my body. That's disgusting. That's
0: disgusting.
1: Mm. All right, guys, see you next time. Bye.